All right, let's get started. We're going to go through uh, how we're looking at retail partnerships uh, today. We have Andrew Ziffer, who leads up our retail division here and has underwritten thousands at this point of, of op yeah, different operators. A couple thousand by now, yeah. yeah. Or businesses, real estate, locations. Everything. We, we have a lot, yeah. yes. yes. We've looked at everything from like medical spas to restaurants to drive throughs to uh, car washes, right. oil change places. I mean, yeah, and everything under the sun. Over the years, we've uh, started to create our favorites. And so we like certain brands better than others, and, and there's a reason why. So yeah. we, uh, it was about five brands that we really, really like. And, but all that underwriting really gets us uh, where we understand how an operator is working. Because we're not only doing the real estate when we underwrite things, we have to underwrite the operator and the business of that as well. So really building a playbook of like, what are, what are our operating metrics that we're looking at to make sure that the real estate is successful? But those operating metrics also translate to having a successful operator. Right, well, I, I always call it, we're buying good real estate with good businesses and good operators. So it's like a trifecta of if this property meets those yeah. three pieces of uh, criteria, we know it's a good piece of property and a good business. And no, and one of one of the exciting parts about you know as we underwrite operators, we're looking for those growth operators. Like I think one of the one of the best stories about growth operators is Dollar General. Dollar General has been building you know ten percent of their base. They have roughly fifteen thousand stores. They've been building an additional ten percent every year consistently for five plus years. So they're um, actively investing in their brand and expanding their brand footprint. That gives us a lot of confidence in what we do. Yeah, that's an organization where revenues are up eighty percent over. Dollar General is one of your favorite topics. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But a, a lot of the times, uh, you know, we're looking at different types of operators as well. We have uh, LabCorp is a pretty large tenant of ours. Uh, and with that, we can get, glean a little bit of insight into how they operate and how they're performing. And we know that for them, rent is not a, a huge part of the cost uh, picture. But uh, for us, it is. And with that, we get to understand how their, how their business works. And Going into that vein, our best way to, to really make sure we have growth opportunities in real estate is to partner with the operator, right? So we've had this a couple of times where we're able to actually not only just buy real estate, but, but find a way that we can invest and partner with that operator in their expansion. Also, what happens by default, when you have five locations of one operator, all of a sudden you become friendly with the real estate person at that company and you have real conversations, you, have, you build a relationship, and then... You could have another location that would be perfect for a LabCorp, and, and you could bring them into your location. And so this is this is this is the business. And so once you develop those relationships inside of LabCorp, you know you have opportunity to expand that relationship that actually helps them and helps us at the same time. Yeah, and we, we've done this too, where we've helped on, on the restaurant front. We've done it where we've helped um, operators with capital to expand their businesses as well, as they look to go get more locations that fit. Uh, you know, their specifics for a footprint, you know, they don't always have all the capital needed to go do that. Right, and our Taco John's that we recently did last year, great example, there was, a, there was an owner selling the uh, real estate and the business, so a lot of times the operator actually owns the real estate and the business, but wanted to sell it, he was ready to be done, and so the person, the operator we partnered with didn't necessarily have the cash to buy the whole operations. So he bought the operations, we bought the real estate, and we had a win-win deal. He has another Taco John's underneath his belt, and we have another piece of real estate yeah. under our belt. And it was, it was perfect for both of us. Yeah, we coordinated that closing, so it happened right at the same time. Yes. So the seller yes. basically sold to two parties, but we worked with that operator to make sure that the closing was seamless, 
uh, was good for all three people involved. And, and, and you know, quite frankly, the operator's doing what they're good at. They're good at operating a Taco John's. Sometimes the operators are not good at owning real estate. So yeah. that's, that's, that's a pretty important distinction that like restaurants like Applebee's and all the other restaurants, they're in the restaurant business. They're not in the real estate business. And it's a very important distinction. LabCorp is not in the real estate business. Yeah, they're renting yes. their space because yes. they want someone else to handle it right, and right. not worry about it. And along the same lines, Zaxby's is another good example that we, you know, we worked with Chris, our operator, on what, four or five of his so far? Many, and we're actually looking at purchasing more. And so there's a lot of people who have this the real estate and the operations, and we're looking to do the same thing where Chris will buy the operations and we'll buy the real estate. And we did that in our Kennesaw Zaxby's. Right, and the Kennesaw Zaxby's was a good opportunity because it was an underperforming store. We... We know Chris. We know what Chris can do to a store that's underperforming. And we actually help capitalize him on the operational side as well to go in there and improve the store, improve the interior, so that he can, he can basically improve revenue, which helps him pay his rent and expand the business. Right. And we partnered with him to actually help him buy the operations in that particular one. So he would not have been able to do this on his own, or it would have, it would have been capital intensive for him to do it on his own. And so we actually helped him with that. So once again, just like with Taco John's, it was a win-win for both of us. We both got what we want. Chris is adding to his Zaxby's portfolio, and we're adding to our real estate portfolio, and it works for both of us. Yeah. So these, these operator real estate partnerships, that's really our, our best case growth scenario is where we can find those and put them together. We've done plenty of real estate deals where you know, we don't have necessarily an agreement or an operating partnership with the operator, but when we can get that operating partnership, we really see that as a, as a path to the most opportunity for growth, not only within the operation for them, but also within the real estate segment. So in that part, we're going to bring Frank Rangusa on here. He is working with a group called Denti, and they are an operator of dental practices. And we are looking at partnering with that group and investing with them to not only acquire uh, more and expand their footprint, but, but work on improving the operations that are happening within that medical practice. All right, so we have Frank Ragusa joining us here with Denti. Frank, thanks for, thanks for being here. We want to, uh, one, introduce you and then get a little bit of a background on Denti and, and what the goals are here as, a, as we work to grow this, not only partnership, but uh, partnership with new physicians and dentists as well that are, that are going to be joining the group. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. I, um, I came to you and I, I thought this was a cool opportunity because just like real estate, the market is really fragmented in dentistry. You have lots of dentists who are operating as sole practitioners. They're fragmented. There's lots of opportunities to drive top line growth, efficiency expansion, margin expansion. And, you know, it reminded me a lot of different segments of real estate, different segments of fragmented industries where you have very high collection rates. You have a need for physical use of real estate and space. Um, you have a recession resistant industry. Um, but lots of opportunity for revenue growth and lots of opportunity for bringing practices together to make them more efficient and, and grow faster. Frank, you know, in our research together, there's 202,000 dental practices across the U.S. And what, only 2% yep. of them are institutionally owned? Yeah, just about 20% are institutionally owned. 80% are owned by mom and pop dentists who are operating as sole practitioners and they're doing both the clinical side of the business as well as the business side of the business and that's why we think there's a real opportunity here right and when we talk about institutionally owned um, recently we, we about a year ago we bought an aspen dental on um, the building and about a year later we sold the aspen dental we 
did very well in that project. But um, Aspen Dental is one of the good examples. They're, they're one of the largest in the country being institutional dental practice that aggregates up other um, small dentists. That's right. You look at the top five DSOs, you have Heartland, which is owned by KKR, Aspen, which has been bought and sold by private equity. They're the two biggest in the space. You have another group called MB2, which has just emerged since 2017. And in five years, six years, they've grown to be a top five DSO by just aggregating practices across the country with this approach of having doctors be clinically autonomous and helping them just improve the efficiencies of their business. So there's lots of opportunity for smaller operators to capture a, a portion of the market share because it's truly impossible for any one operator to own the market. If you look, as you said, Dave, at Heartland, they've been around for 30 years. They own just about a thousand practices. Aspen been around for a similar amount of time, own about a thousand practices. That's just uh, you know, as as a relative share of the total market is very small. And this is just because this is a hands on business, just like real estate, it requires value creation, hands up boots on the ground uh, presence, which is why we think we're really um, positioned to be able to buy a number of practices and improve their their revenue and operational efficiencies. When a when a dentist or an individual practitioner joins a bigger group, you know, what happens in those you know, there's economies from just the execution of being uh, able to provide services, but then there's the business economy scale that happens as well as you aggregate uh, those services together. Yeah, exactly. So you get a number of benefits from having practices within a collective. You get better technology. You get improved marketing functions. You get the ability to scale um, your revenue base by bringing things like Invisalign and making sure patients are doing fluoride and implementing best practices across multiple practices, right? Um, you also get supplier leverage. So you're able to negotiate better rates from you know, dental supply companies like Henry Schein or labs. You're able to get insurance uplift. So you negotiate with payers. Um, if you own 10 or 15 practices in a market, you have a little bit more leverage with a, an insurance company. So you just get all these improved efficiencies. And then on the, on the sort of back end, you can centralize operations. You have a centralized call center, a centralized scheduling center and, and uh, scheduling function. You have lots of corporate efficiencies um, you know, where fewer things fall through the cracks. And so from top line, you get some improved growth, you get better expense, you get expense reduction through the efficiencies. And then on the back end, this corporate machine operates a lot more efficiently than a standalone practice. That makes a ton of sense that, you know, in addition to really all that revenue margin growth, it sounds like you will also be improving the life of the dentist in terms of, you know, giving some redundancy, giving some coverage so that they can take a vacation, go out of town and not have to basically be on call all the time. Tell us a little that's bit about exactly, that. Yeah, that's exactly right, Josh. I mean, when you own 10 practices in a market or 15 practices in a market, you have the ability to share staff between practices, hygienists, um, just regular dental care, even some specialties like perio and endo care. And when you provide this group of collective practices. A doctor who is generally the sole revenue driver for a practice, if he doesn't go to work, the practice doesn't make money. By having a group of practices, you're able to share staff across these practices. You gain efficiencies. Practices are able to be more basically efficient, have more uptime, right? You can expand some service hours, maybe provide service on the weekends. Um, and 
that's really where, you know, doctors in holistically in medicine have been shifting towards more physician practice management models. This is because doctors, the highest ROI on a doctor's time is, is, you know, practicing medicine in dentistry, practicing dentistry. It's not spent on doing accounting work or, you know, following up on insurance claims or doing scheduling. And oftentimes they have to split their time between being a dentist and being a business owner. And that inefficiency in time, first of all, reduces the revenue opportunity for the practice. But second of all, just, you know, deteriorates the quality of life of a dentist, right? They have to work a lot harder and do a lot more, which is why this trend towards the DSO model, this collective model is just happening at an accelerated pace, particularly just over the last couple of years. When we think about uh, other dentists that are going to join as they bring their practice to it, what makes Denti kind of you know, more exciting than, than some of the other options that are out there? Yeah, I think it's a couple of reasons. First, our, our CEO is a dental industry veteran. She's been in the space for 30 years. People really trust her. She has a really proven track record of driving significant revenue growth and margin expansion. And so she has great relationships with doctors and that can be um, really well uh, you know, sought after and, and sort of uh, reiterated through her, her track record. I think the second thing is uh, doctors more and more want to retain clinical autonomy. So the fact that they can join a group, but still remain dentists, re retain their brand identity, retain their legacy, you know, we're not requiring doctors to rebrand like Aspen Dental does. They get to keep that sort of mom and pop feel, which is really important to them. And um, that clinical autonomy is a, is a big selling point. I think the third thing is doctors who join our group at the earliest stage of, of this venture have the opportunity to participate in the most economic upside. And so that's really compelling to them. I think COVID has shown that there's lots of, um, there's lots of risks in owning a business as a standalone practice. And you're able to mitigate that risk by being in a collective, you're able to share in a little bit of the upside, but also mitigate some of your downside. And I think with the operating team that we have, with the vision we have for the company, with our ability to really drive their take-home pay and their overall practice value, we unlock a lot of value for everyone. Doctors and dentists make more money. Um, hygienists make more money. Patients have better quality of care. Um, you have doctors with a better quality of life. So overall, it's just a win-win for all the stakeholders in the value chain. So if I'm a dentist and I'm looking at joining Dent, you know, right now I'm a sole practitioner. You know, I, I basically get the earnings of my revenue that I get the earnings of my practice generates. By joining yep. Dent, I'll basically convert to more of a salary model and then own shares of a larger pool of dentists, of dentists that have higher margins, higher efficiency. As we improve my margins and my efficiency and ultimately make more money. Is that is that right? That's exactly right, Josh. We um, will value a practice based on some multiple of what its current earnings are. And doctors will receive some cash compensation for their practice, but then receive a portion of equity in Denti. And that ownership over time, we expect to be around 30% of the company. So doctors stay really motivated to drive value for their practice. We also put in place incentives for the doctor to continue to drive production bonuses. Once they hit certain you know, production levels and efficiency levels, they continue to make more money. 
we create a, an opportunity for them to participate in bonus referrals for do other doctor friends that they bring onto our platform. So we create a lot of income streams and, and income potential for the doctors that they wouldn't have as a standalone practice. Um, and they get to participate in that significant economic upside. If you think of a dentist, his or her primary net worth is locked in this practice. And so unless they're able to create liquidity for this practice, right, this this is really what has been their life's work and we're allowing them to monetize that to the greatest extent possible. Excellent. Great. It, sounds, it sounds like an exciting opportunity, Frank. Thanks for uh, joining us here. And uh, we look forward to talking more and going through what Denti has to offer uh, in the space. So thank you. Thanks so much for having me, guys. All right. Thanks, Frank. See you. All right. Okay, that was pretty interesting hearing from Frank on how the Denti opportunity is going to work really partnering with dentists that are bringing a practice and investing alongside of them. Yeah, it sounds like a great, really, not only a great financial opportunity for the dentists and really all the practitioners out there, but also for us as investors, but it also improves the quality of life. It really kind of aligns the incentives, the financial incentives and really quality of life improvement. And that's, I mean, there's been a big push for the DSO, which is a dental service organization, enables a professional management layer on top of uh, clinical professionals um, and really enables physicians to focus on what they do best and allow a management team to do uh, what they do best. Going through underwriting and looking at different operators, the dental one uh, struck us as one that could really benefit from this structure. I mean, it's already out there a bunch. We, Frank talked about it too. Some of these groups are very large. And, and we've come across Aspen Dental many times as we've done our underwriting of deals. And we, we love them as a tenant when we're looking at a net lease opportunity, but we also really like the business as we've come to learn it uh, more and more. And, and finding an opportunity where we can partner with a DSO group and uh, clinical dentists, uh, for us, seems like a great investment opportunity. That's what we're looking at it from. And, 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 you know, these medical practices, dentists included, are, are you know, somewhat economically resistant um, throughout cycles. In addition, you know, the, across the board, um, dental practices have a 99% collection rate on, for their revenue. So um, it, it seems to be a pretty secure revenue over time. Yeah. The other part we like, too, is we mentioned it some in talking with Frank, is that it's very localized. So you've got a, a specific location that people are going to. Uh, and as long as we're buying those in the areas that we target, when we look across the southeast, we've always been buying in cities that are have positive population growth. Uh, one of the metrics that we looked at um, when really looking across the country, is Atlanta a good market for really for operating a dental practice, was really the number of people per dental practice. And Atlanta was a, really a top 10 market in the country, meaning that there were, you know, it was a top 10 market for having the most people per dental practice showing that there was room for growth of more dental practices and there was security for the dental practices currently in place. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So when we think about uh, what the investment opportunity looks like in these, uh, our strategy going in is one, again, we're partnering with existing dentists that already have a business. So we're not necessarily starting a new business. So our investment that we're looking to make into this is really in a fund structure where uh, we're bringing capital to an opportunity and they're gonna, and Denti is going to be going out and acquiring really between five and six practices in the first 12 to 18 months, that's the goal. And, uh, and with that, an average practice is, a, is about a million to a million and a half dollars. Because we're typically focused on one or two doctor uh, 
practices. All right, and, and, and each process will be an individual practice. So we, we, we don't expect to buy five, ten practices all at once. We plan to work with individual doctors and buy their practice one at a time and aggregate that scale. That's really the best opportunity. Yes, doing that. And, and that's really, we focus on kind of that all the time is what are these singles and doubles of opportunities that we can find uh, and acquire and add into the portfolio? Yeah, and, and based on that structure, really a fund is a really the, the most efficient way to operate it. Um, from a committed capital standpoint. So it's a little bit different than our typical deal. Our, our typical deal, um, you guys are investing directly into the deal, and um, that de and that money is allocated just for one deal. So for this, is going to be a series of practices that will buy over a three-year period. So let's say you commit $100,000. Uh, we'll, we'll call on that money in, period, in, in periods that we'll be purchasing the properties or the, the dental practices. Right. And we're, you know, we're looking at it, too, from the angle of there's the operating component and then there is the real estate component. And, and having the operating side, if we can get in on the real estate components, that'd be great. A, a lot of them, though, are leased space. Uh, so there's a mix. So if there is opportunities, we'd be excited about doing that. That's, that's, that operator real estate relationship is really the, uh, the, the best way that we see, uh, you know, the investment scenario working out. We've always tried to do that. We look at the net lease space. It doesn't always work that way, though, but we're happy to be on either side of it uh, when we can. So we have a bunch of information out as well just on the Denti opportunity. Uh, we have a presentation uh, with Frank that kind of goes through all the basics of how uh, Denti is structured, uh, what their goals are, their operating metrics, and then how it's going to work. Um, and then we'll also have uh, another session here, too. We're going to go into more of the details of the overall investment and what that looks like and provide you all some more just financial background on what things look like here. Cool. All right. Thank you very much for watching. And uh, we're excited to get uh, this new opportunity out to everyone and looking forward to discussing it with you. Thanks.